Welcome to The How of Business with David Begin and Henry Lopez, the podcast that offers practical advice and tips on how to run and grow your small business. The How of Business helps aspiring entrepreneurs and small business owners achieve their definition of success and overcome challenges that get in their way. This podcast series focuses on the everyday common business issues, challenges, and opportunities that face the small business owner. So here now are your hosts of The How of Business, David and Henry. Welcome to this episode of The How of Business. This is Henry Lopez, and I have with me today, Mike Sheila. Hi, Mike. Hi, Henry. Thanks for having me on the show. Oh, it's our pleasure. Let me uh, give our listeners a brief background on Mike, and then I'll have him introduce himself further. Uh, Mike is a LinkedIn evangelist, so this show is going to do a fairly good dive on LinkedIn and how we can use it as small business owners to help us start and grow our business. Uh, He started in the corporate world, though, and so he's going to share that journey as well. He had a career, a successful career in technology sales. And during his career, he developed his skills in sales strategy, leadership, networking, and public speaking. And in 2011, he began to share those experiences as a consultant. And in 2015, he launched his website, MikeSheila.com. That's uh, spelled M-I-K-E-S-H-E-L-A-H.com. Mike started using LinkedIn way back in 2006. It doesn't sound like a long time ago, but for online and for LinkedIn, it's a long time ago. And since then, he's averaging one new connection a day, which is a lot as well. Uh, He's driven success in sales career, and now he's building his consulting businesses or business, I should say, by leveraging LinkedIn. So once again, Mike, welcome to the show. And if you could just add to that background and tell us a little bit more about what you're doing. Sure. And thanks again. I I started in sales right out of college in 1996. And I got into technology sales in 1999. And like many salespeople, I was successful early on because I embraced the smile and dial mentality. I would print out these sheets of phone numbers for businesses, and I would root out who the person was that I needed to talk to. I could make 100 dials in a day, and I could set 5 to 10 appointments and set up my calendar for the next week and then go out and sell, close business, repeat. And I was very successful for a long time doing that. And around 2004, 2005, that model really stopped returning its dividends that I had become accustomed to. It seemed that making 100 phone calls might yield me one appointment. And there were plenty of days where I would make that effort and get no appointments. It became very frustrating, and I started looking for other ways to get in front of clients. And a friend of mine from college, who's a bit of a social media icon here in Baltimore, he sent me a connection request on LinkedIn. And like many people, didn't really use LinkedIn effectively when I first got on. Yeah, I threw up a profile picture, slapped in some words about my summary, job description, and it just, it kind of sat idle and didn't do a whole heck of a lot. And a few years later, I stumbled across LinkedIn again and thought, you know, this is probably a great place for me to find people. And I started researching different companies and doing keyword searches and found, wow, this is it's really useful. There are a lot of important people on here. And by important, I mean people that can sign contracts and keep me paying my mortgage. And that was really the beginning. And what Mike Sheila Consulting is, 
is the cumulative effects of the last 10 years of being not only a LinkedIn evangelist, but a daily LinkedIn user, always looking for new avenues to leverage LinkedIn and maximize its potential. It's such a great platform. I like to tell people that it's kind of like Microsoft Excel. You know, just about anybody in the business world has used a spreadsheet at one point in their life. And the overwhelming majority of us don't really know how to use it. We just do a couple basic cut and paste. But when you look at everything that Microsoft Excel can do, people that have a command of that document can really do amazing things. And LinkedIn is very much the same thing. Yeah, it's a great analogy, and thanks for sharing that. So I want to go back, though, to that that transition. I want to start there sure. as far as the questions. And in this episode, for our listeners, we're we're going to touch on that, your, your shift, as you just mentioned, going from the corporate world, your sales career, to now having your own business. And then we're going to dive into some questions on how to use LinkedIn. But let's go back right. to that successful sales career, making good money, what what led you to finally make that move to go out on your own? The sales world that I lived in for 16 years, I often tell people it was a soulless job. And what I mean by that is I was good at it. I made a very good living. But I knew nine times out of 10 when I sold something to a client, the client was going to end up hating me because the product would not deliver. That, that was the unfortunate truth of my industry. That wasn't the company I worked for. It seemed I worked for several telecom companies in the industry over the, that span of time. And it seemed like regardless of who I worked for or who I represented, they always let the customer down. And I got to a point where I said, I'd really like to sell something that I not only believe in, but I know that I can control the quality of it. And that's why Mike Sheila Consulting was founded. Interesting. So that that integrity was got to a point where that wasn't working for you anymore. And so that's one aspect of control. That's certainly what it was for me. It was about control. Did you did you feel at any point though were there other drivers that led you to making that leap besides that desire to to sell something that you actually could deliver to the customer? Was there, were there other drivers that pushed you to finally make the decision to go on your own? Absolutely. I, I love LinkedIn. And the more, my first few LinkedIn presentations were friends saying to me, hey, would you mind coming to speak at this event and talk about LinkedIn? You really seem to know a lot about it. And I found that I had the speaking bug. I love being in front of an audience. I really enjoy that. And as much as I enjoyed that, what I, my favorite component is after an event, somebody comes up to me and says, you know, Mike, I've been using LinkedIn for a long time. I really thought I knew what I was doing. But after listening to you, I got some great tips on how to take it to the next level and make it that much better. That's what I love. When I work with a client and I see that light bulb go off or the, the audience responds like, oh, we get it. That's such a great idea. I'm like, I'm doing something good. I'm making money doing something good. Mm -hmm. And so if I understood correctly, you started doing speaking and helping others while you still had your day job in, in the sales career. Did I understand Absolutely. that correctly? So how did you manage those two? How did you balance that? It's spinning greased plates that are on fire while <laughs> standing on a rolling log, isn't it? I can imagine, yeah. yeah. And I, I, I've gotten to the point where I've said, you know what, I'm devoting more time to Mike Sheila Consulting than I am to the day job. And that's just, it's not fair. 
yeah, on the one hand, you, as long as you keep giving the day job what they need, I don't have a qualm with it. But there, there comes a point where you know, I, I have to – Mike Sheila Consulting is what I want to pay the bills with. Mm-hmm. And did you see that? Was it Initially, was it, hey, this is interesting. I'll do this on the side. Or did you from, from the get-go think, let's see if I can build this into a business that's my full business? Which one was it? The goal was always, I want to build something that I can call my own and, and take care of my family with. Okay. Well, good. And so do you think, thinking back early in your career, whether it's childhood or early adulthood, was that drive to be your own boss always there or did it come for you later? It came much later. And, and quite candidly, the biggest reason it came out was so many people in corporate America have this myopic vision of how to get things done. Uh, I'm, I'm a voracious reader and probably my favorite author right now is Stephen Covey, most famously known for the seven habits of highly effective people. And he's written a ton of books. And interestingly enough, his son, Stephen M. R. Covey, has written one called The Speed of Truth. And those concepts have so resonated with me because so many people, they get good at one thing and they neglect all the other elements of their job because, well, I can do this and because I can make that widget, everybody's going to leave me alone. You know, it's kind of that that lone wolf mentality. We'd fire him, but he brings in such great numbers that we, <laughs> we can't stand to lose the product- productivity. So people will tolerate your... Oh, how do I put it? Jackassery. If if you deliver a number, and it's that's missing the point. If we if we approach the business world to truly help one another and develop one another, then our efforts multiply. It's a lever. You could push down once and get ten times the result, but these other people are like, well, I I can push down once and get my cookie, and if I just push down ten times, then I get my ten cookies. How about you just push down once and get your 10 cookies? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And thanks for sharing that for us and for a lot of our listeners, that transition from the corporate world to owning your own business is a big, it's a big thing for all of us. And we all struggle with it in different ways. We all come to it from a different perspective and we all have things that hold us back. So, but let's, let's shift now and, and start talking about LinkedIn specifically where I'd like you to start, if you would, is just at a high level, why LinkedIn and how should I use it to help me start and or grow my small business? LinkedIn is the best free resource available to every business professional to find clients. And when you are a solo entrepreneur, tell me if this sounds familiar to you, Henry. You were very good at doing something working in corporate America, and you thought to yourself, I can take this, I can make it my own, and I can make happy customers. And in fact, oftentimes, entrepreneurs become entrepreneurs because some of their customers at their day job say, we'd love you to consult for us. And at first, they pass up on that, but they get to a point where five or six or seven people say to them, we'd like you to consult for us. And you're like, well, geez, I took all six of them. That's my salary. I can live on that and I can call the shots and do my own business. And these people will say, sure. So they take that and then over time, something happens. They lose some of those clients. Some of those clients no longer need the product. 
They don't invent new products and they're faced with, well, gee, what do I do now? How, how do I go find more clients? I'm not a salesperson. The, the majority of people in this world do not think of themselves as salespeople. Even plenty of salespeople don't think of themselves as salespeople. But statistically speaking, in the United States alone, one in nine people has a job directly tied to sales, meaning their title has sales in it, account executive, sales manager, something like that. And then the other eight out of nine, the majority of them have what's referred to as a selling opportunity in their day-to-day -day tasks, meaning they have to align, solve problems, identify needs, and persuade people. And that's all sale. And there's a, there's a stereotype of sales. That, that, that's important to understand, which is why so many people don't like sales. They've seen the movie Boiler Room, or they've seen Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, and they've seen Alec Baldwin's famous speech, ABC, always be closing. And those are cartoons of what a legitimate sales professional looks like, and what most people should think of themselves when they think of their ability to sell. And LinkedIn gives you that ability to find prospects, to target the right people, and to engage them in a non-salesy environment to develop and cultivate your clients. Wonderful. And so what's the basic difference between the personal page, like you have a Mike Sheila profile page, mm -hmm. and then separately you have a business page, I don't even know if that's the right term, for Mike Sheila Consulting. So explain those two and why you need to have both in most cases. Sure. You want to have both. We'll keep it on the platform of the entrepreneur for right now. Certainly, we understand why a company like Coca-Cola wants to have their page. But for the entrepreneur, the, the LinkedIn business page does a couple of nice things for you. First, it allows you to help solidify your brand. When you scroll through someone's LinkedIn profile and you look at their experience section, you'll see the name of their You'll see their job title, you see the name of the company, and then to the right of that, you'll see their logo. And the only way you see that logo is if they've created a LinkedIn business. So it helps with branding in that regard. It also, people that don't know you, have never heard of you, when they do keyword searches, your company can appear in the LinkedIn keyword search. So maybe your profile didn't show up, but your company did. And that's another way for people to connect with you. You'll, you'll find that the vast majority of people on LinkedIn are timid. They, don't, they may very well need what you have, but they're not necessarily willing to ask. They may see a post that you write. And they may find it interesting, but they won't connect with you. But they can click on follow your company, and anytime you post an update, they get notified. And they feel that way. They're staying in touch without being forward and directly contact. So can you share a couple of examples, and you don't have to name names, of small businesses, either that you've worked with or just that you have observed, that are doing it, what you would say, correctly or effectively on LinkedIn? Yeah, and I'll talk about the DNA of doing it correctly. <laughs> That's great. The DNA or the building blocks are first, whether you're a solopreneur or you're a traditional small business with, say, five to 50 employees. You want to have that consistent message, meaning you want your employees' LinkedIn pages to look like the company page. You want it to complement it. You want it to reflect it. You want all of your employees to have a professional headshot. You want that when you share content for the company page that your employees share that with their connections because it creates buzz. It creates activity and it 
it's a passive way to stay in front of your clients, both your existing ones and your potential ones. And that's really what you want. You want to be top of mind with your clients. I've had people say to me, well, Mike, I post content on LinkedIn and nobody's reading it. And I say, you mean nobody is actively engaged you about it? I have several contacts within my network that I'll, I'll meet with them from time to time or I'll call them to, to re-engage a sales opportunity and they'll offhandedly say to me, hey, I read your such and such post. I really enjoyed that. And I'm thinking, and I'll say to them, but you, you didn't comment, you didn't share it, you didn't like it. They go, no, but I loved it. <laughs> so I have no idea that they've read the content other than they told me. And that's important to understand that just because you're not getting a thousand hits on your blog post or 500 views on your update doesn't mean people aren't seeing it. And it builds credibility. So two things on that point. I, obviously, I can see impressions. So that at least gives me some idea of how many people saw it. But even beyond that, to your point, beyond that, someone might search at some point in time in the future and I might come up because of that content. So it's it's a matter of you got to wait it out. You're not going to get that immediate yep. feedback always that, that, that tells you, okay, keep doing it. You need to stick with it over a period of time. Is that fair? Yes. And I'll, I'll give you a great real-time example that I did last week. I'm very passionate about the LinkedIn blog platform, which is called Pulse. I write all my blog content on LinkedIn, and then after it's been on there for a week or so, I actually upload that to my website. And this past week, I did something a little different. I, I, po I published a new post, and within an hour of publishing it, I sent a message to 50 of my connections and said, hey, everybody, I want to try a little experiment. I'm asking you all to check out this post that I just published, and I'd like you to comment on it. I'd like you to share it, and I'd like you to like it. And some really great things came out of that. First, this, this conversation grew. These 50 people, who most of them didn't know each other already, started chiming in. We're like, Mike, I love this idea. It's a great idea. You know what? We should start a LinkedIn group just for these people so we can network with each other and help one another. So I started a new group just for those 50 people. And it's been adding new contacts almost daily, it seems. And on top of that, the afternoon that I published it, I got this very interesting voicemail message from a woman who said she wanted to talk to me. And I called her back. We had a pleasant conversation. And I said, you know, by the way, Mary, how did you find me? She said, well, you know my friend Susan. I said, oh, sure, yeah, Susan. She said, Susan shared your blog post today and I read it and I thought, this is the guy that I need to help. And I said, so you'd like me to help? And she said, what's your rate? And I said, well, my one-on-one -on -one sessions are $500 for 90 minutes. And she said, do you take credit cards? I said, I do. And she said, are you available on Mondays? Because that's when I would like to work with you. I said, yes, I am. She goes, great. I'll follow up with you next week. We're going to schedule our first session in July because I really want to that's fantastic. So LinkedIn Pulse. And so you're blogging there as opposed to, or, or then bringing in that content. That's, that's different than posting something on your page, on your LinkedIn business profile page, correct? Correct. Okay. And you're using that as your blogging platform and then sharing from there. Did I get that correct? Yes. Okay. And why, 
why are you using LinkedIn Pulse versus you know Blogger or some other platform? A couple of reasons. First, I have a built-in audience on LinkedIn. I have just over 3,200 connections on LinkedIn now. And whenever I publish a Pulse blog, all 3,200 connections get a little notification at the top of their window. So when you log into your profile, you have your chat bar, you have your connections, you have your grow your network tab, and you have notifications. And you'll get a little red flag with the number one, and it'll say Mike Sheila just published a post, and it'll tell you the name of the post, and then you can decide whether or not you want to read it. So I instantly get to notify all my 3,000 plus contacts that I have a new post. And then in addition to that, I can share the post as an update because maybe they didn't see that notification. Maybe it got lost in the shuffle. So I can share it and I can also simultaneously tweet it. So I can share it as an update on my LinkedIn profile and then it will go out to Twitter and it'll share it as a link there as well. And then in addition to that, <laughs> I can do... A really cool advanced trick where I can share my Pulse blog with all of my LinkedIn groups. LinkedIn lets you join up to 100 groups now. And what I will do is usually 10 at a time, I will share the blog out and write, Hi everybody, I just wrote this Pulse blog about topic and was curious to get your feedback. Has question one, question two, question three, have these things ever happened to you in business? How did you deal with them? I would love to hear your stories of success. So I get engagement right. from people that I that I don't know because I'm bringing a topic to them and asking them for their opinion. Yeah, great insights. So LinkedIn Pulse and then the groups, and those are things that I have to experiment with as well. And it leads me to another question I had, and, and you touched on, I think, part of it is this concept that you talk about of the difference between passive and active prospecting. Mm -hmm. Share some more about that, if you would, with us. Sure. The passive is optimizing your LinkedIn profile. Do you have a professional picture? What keywords are you using? How are you using those keywords throughout your profile? Is your profile completely filled out? When you first look at your profile, right below your face and your name, you will see a, a section that says, add a section to your profile. And in my case, LinkedIn's encouraging me to add a language. I only speak English. If I were to tell people I spoke another language, you'd diss on it. <laughs> but it, it's recommending sections for me to drop. If I worked on a specific project outside of work, I can add a project section. Publications, I can add a publication section. Patents. So it has all of these sections that I can add. And the more sections you add to your profile, the more it is optimized. And why is that valuable? Because when your customer goes to look for your services, they're not going to look for you. They're going to enter some keywords. And if you've done a good job of putting those keywords conversation throughout your profile, and I've done a good job, if I have more sections of my profile filled out than you do, I will show up higher than you in the LinkedIn search rankings. So what are some common mistakes you often see with that people make on their profile? The summary section, they have it written in the third person and they don't talk about why they do what they do. They, they, they give that kind of canned salesy pitch instead of telling people how you can help them and why you do what you do. That's the first. And then a couple of the nuts and bolts ones, people don't ask for recommendations. 
is if you have at least one recommendation on every on every experience section of your profile, that helps move you up the LinkedIn search ranks. So that does matter. It does have an impact. It, yes, it does. Recommendations and endorsements are different. Recommendations are when somebody writes a paragraph or two about you and then you post it on your profile. They can't do that without your permission. You have to ask them to do it or they have to volunteer to do it and then you have to approve it. That's a recommendation. Endorsements, when you periodically log into your LinkedIn profile, you'll see at the top of the screen, hey, is Henry good at sales process and some people click yes and some people ignore it and for the longest time I told people that endorsements weren't worthwhile however they are factored into the LinkedIn search rankings so you want people to endorse you so endorse away <laughs> okay okay good to know yeah they we're not just that's not just a gimmicky thing that actually all goes into whatever the algorithm is that LinkedIn uses to uh, provide the search results it does and adding content, you can add videos, you can add PowerPoint presentations, you can add audio clips of you, you can add those to a specific job, you can add them to your summary. It's other ways for people to see what you do and help build credibility. So I know on your website, one of the things you offer is a free 12-point profile review. Mm -hmm. Share a little bit more about that and how people can get that. Sure. Several of the items I pointed out today are part of the profile review, but I will look at your profile and then I customize the document based on the things that I see with your report and I make recommendations to make it better. So the 12 points that I review are really about optimizing your profile to for that passive attraction. And then I give several tips and tricks at the end. And those really help with the active, with going out and finding clients and doing it in a professional manner and not, not coming across as desperate or sleazy or spammy. And what are the other services that you offer folks to help them with their LinkedIn, using LinkedIn for prospecting to represent their business? I know you do speaking engagements, you do consulting. Share a little bit more about that. Yep. Thank you. I, I do one-on-one -on -one consulting. As I mentioned earlier, that woman that, that, that called me, I'll throw it out now as a special item for your listeners. My sessions are normally $500 for a 90-minute session. Anybody that says they heard me on Henry's show gets the session for just $250. And that's, that session is whatever they want to talk about within the confines of LinkedIn. I can go in great detail to their report. I can help them with a specific challenge. I've had people say to me, look, I'm trying to get into this business. And I say, okay, let's figure out how we're going to do that intelligently. And any, and any variant in between. And as you mentioned, public speaking is one of my true passions. I'm happy to present for organizations from 20 to 2,000 people. And I also do what I call a work day where I will come into a company. I'll do a 90-minute presentation for the entire staff first thing in the morning and then I spend the rest of the day or the next couple of days depending on their size and their budget doing mini one-on-one -on -one sessions with key members of their staff so maybe they want me to work with the executives and the sales team maybe they want me to work with the accounting and the human resources team maybe they want me to work with the recruiting team I'll do mini sessions with all of those to really refine it down I'm gathering you're really enjoying what you're doing yes it seems like it's always something slightly different, even though it's LinkedIn, but there's always a different challenge. You're working one-on-one, -on -one, you're working in bigger groups, and that, that adds a lot of diversity to what you do. Yeah, I can have the same conversation with 20 different people and have 20 different outcomes. 
Oh, I'm sure. Or they take you in 20 different tangents and directions, yes. right? Yeah, yeah, so it's never truly the same, even though the theme is. Yeah, that's great. All right, well, we'll begin to wrap it up. A question I always ask uh, relates to books, and you've already mentioned Covey, Stephen yeah. Covey, and his son, who, as you as you said, I think he's he's taken up right where his dad left off. Those are great books. Besides those books, any other book you've read recently or a resource that you would recommend to our listeners? The one I'm reading right now is Daniel H. Pink's To Sell as Human. What a fantastic book because it it takes my credo of embrace the sales mentality without becoming a salesperson. That's what I love about it. And to to sell is human. To sell okay, is human. Not. And I, I think one of my most influential books was Purple Cow by Seth Godin. Mm. Love that book and the the idea of creating sneezers. And for those of you that have not read the books, Seth talks quite a bit about getting a viral response to the things that you're trying to do to differentiate yourself. And so you 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 create something so unique that has such a highly specialized fan base in Japan. They call that otaku, which roughly translates into uniquely desirable in English. And when you have these people that have this utaku for your product, they become sneezers. They start to tell everybody else, oh, Mike Ciolo Consulting is great. He did this wonderful thing for me and becomes infectious. And then they tell someone and then they tell someone. Yeah, we will include in the show notes links to all of these recommendations. And for our listeners, you can find that at thehowofbusiness.com. So thanks for those recommendations. Purple Cow is one of my favorites as well. So as we begin to wrap it up here, any last uh, parting piece of advice, especially if we think of the small business owner who maybe has done nothing yet, maybe they have a brief profile up, where should they get started do you think, Mike, with expanding what they're doing on LinkedIn? Just one quick thing they should start on. The biggest thing I say is, is sign up for my free report. There's no obligation after that. And it gives you the blueprint to make a wonderful profile. And after that, if, you, if you're not a DIY person, if you want more coaching and consulting, I'm happy to engage. But I'm proud to say that my, my profile report, when people get it, they can really run with it and do great things. Thank you. And thanks for joining us here on this episode. You've shared tremendous value and insights and, of course, lots of resources that people can find. And so to that end, we've mentioned it before, but where would you like folks to go to to find out more about you and your services? I always tell people that I am very Googleable. <laughs> Once you know how to spell my name, S-H-E-L-A-H, I am very easy to find. Certainly go to my website, MikeSheila.com. Find me on LinkedIn. You will find me on Twitter and Instagram at Mike Sheila. You'll find me on Facebook. Mike Sheila Consulting is my business page. Mike, thanks for joining us today. Henry, this has been a blast. Thank you for having me. Folks, all of the tips and advice and links that Mike mentioned, as well as that uh, free profile review, take him up on that. All of those links will be available on our show notes page at thehowofbusiness.com. Folks, thanks for listening to this episode of The How of Business. We appreciate your listening. If you're listening on iTunes, we would encourage and thank you for subscribing to our show. And we look forward to having you on the next episode of The How of Business. Thank you for listening to The How of Business with David Begin and Henry Lopez. 
We hope you found practical ideas to help you start, manage, and grow your business. If you enjoyed this podcast, leave a comment on iTunes and go by LevanteBusinessGroup.com and learn more about Levante's resources to help you with your small business. Until next time, thanks for listening and go live your dream.